Hello and welcome to our service for Sunday the 20th of March 2022, the third Sunday of Lent. We begin our worship with a reading of Psalm 63 and the first eight verses, this taken from the New Revised Standard Version. O God, you are my God. I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live, I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you in, on my bed, and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. A psalm of comfort and assurance when all about seems tragic, devastating and uncertain. We cling to the Lord our God. And so let us join in song as we sing together the hymn 51 in singing the faith. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father.
we come together to offer our prayers of adoration and thanksgiving to our Lord. Let us pray. God, creator, redeemer and sustainer, you nurture and nourish the soil of our lives. You watch over us patiently and expectantly. You fill us with the nutrients we need in order to grow and you rejoice when we too nurture, protect and watch over others in your name. Amen. And our thanksgiving. We praise you, living God, that through the life, death and resurrection of your son, Jesus, we have the chance to begin again as we learn from his words. We have the opportunity to flourish as we follow in his footsteps. We have the calling to serve as we grow in his likeness. We have the time to do what is ours to do as we trust in his promises, slowly but surely, day by day. Amen. We come now to offer our prayer of confession and we have an assurance of forgiveness. Let us pray. Lord God, forgive us when we are slow to change but quick to judge. When we take more from life than we give back. When we give up on others too soon and offer support too late when we deny others the opportunity to grow and uproot their dreams. Forgive us and grant us your patience, perseverance and vision and inspire us to care for all you have made. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And our assurance of forgiveness. Loving God in whom all things are possible, forgiving us time enough to change and grow, we thank you with all our heart. For giving us the desire to change and grow, we thank you with all our mind. For giving us the opportunity to change and grow, we thank you with all our soul. And for forgiving us when we rush, judge and deny others those same opportunities, we thank you with all our strength. We thank you for your forgiveness in our lives. Amen. And so let us draw our prayers together as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 to 9. And it is entitled, Invitation to the Thirsty. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend on money on what is not bread, and your labour on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. 
Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendour. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Thanks be for the word of the Lord. Amen. And so having heard those wonderful words of, of assurance and of peace from Isaiah, of God's provision for us, let's worship God anew as we sing together the hymn 337 in singing the faith there is a higher throne Faithful ones from air. 
The Gospel reading is taken from Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 to 9, entitled Repent or Perish. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Salome fell on them, do you think that they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but, it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I have been coming to look for the fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig round it and fertilise it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Amen. As I said at the beginning of the service, this is the third Sunday of Lent, almost halfway through Lent already. So how is Lent going for you? I wonder if your rhythm of life has changed in any way. Have you been trying to allow God to change it, perhaps by resisting certain things or taking up new disciplines? If I'm honest, I'm not sure that I've been trying that hard. And if I truly had been, then I'm certainly not succeeding. Whilst Lent isn't quite passing me by, in many ways it hasn't had the impact that, that I would desire it to. Whilst it may not be a rhythm, I am aware that in common with many, I seem busier than I've been for a long time. In our church lives, as evening business meetings have been able to meet more in person, we've been doing so. As in church and circuit and district, we are working out the consequences, not just of the challenges that COVID restrictions had brought us, but in truth, the way that they have exacerbated what were already deeply rooted challenges in our church life. It seems hope and faithfulness is still struggling to find a place. That the space that Lent should give us to be renewed and refreshed is being squeezed with crucial and in some cases critical business needing to be conducted. Each meeting of course opens with genuine and sincere prayer, 
but the time for personal seeking and hearing of God's voice. That ought to be a central strand of Lent is diminished. We all know that this Lent is being lived under the shadow of unveiling evil, epitomised though not limited to Russia's military action in Ukraine. We look on from afar. How much more evil must be felt by our brothers and sisters caught up in conflict or displaced by it and fleeing for their freedom? So how can we look at the momentary context of our churches and of our world against the reflections of scripture? Both the psalmist and Isaiah speak of hopefulness, of shelter in the presence of God, positive action for those who seek to be faithful. The psalmist gives us a great hymn of the purpose of devoting ourselves in worship and prayer that invokes in us the recognition of the almighty power of God and of his redeeming purposes. That despite every experience to the contrary, God is ever present. And so even when we don't feel like it, worship is purposeful and renewing. The plea of Isaiah in our scripture today could be summed up in just six words. Come and seek. Come and find. Come and seek. Come and find. But for some of us, we struggle with the fact that the hope and the promise seems not to be coming to fruition. That safety and sanctuary of God's presence barely scratches our lived experience. Our faith, maybe, only remains solely because of our determination to hold fast to it. It's perhaps worth reminding ourselves of the nature and context of Isaiah's prophecy. Prophets do not generally so much foretell future events as explain the outcomes that will occur as a consequence of current actions or behaviours continuing, or a hope or give hope that changes of actions and behaviour will change those outcomes. Isaiah is speaking to the displaced people of Israel in exile in Babylon where their experience is of the diminishing of their nation and cultural identity. Does that sound a familiar context today? Isaiah pleads with them to call out to God, to remember his faithfulness in previous generations, 
that the promises to Abram of their land, of supplying their needs, lush and fruitful, of a flourishing people, are still the promises to every generation who seek to be obedient to God's law and calling. Both the psalmist and Isaiah reflect, as we've already sung, that there is a higher throne. And so it is that whilst concentrating on the hope of transformation, Isaiah still demands that humanity, and therefore each human being, must be willing to change their ways in order to attain that wondrous richness of God. The challenging theme that is picked up in the difficult words of our Gospel. Jesus is uncompromising in the need for repentance, for the turning around of the focus and our practice towards the revealed will and purpose of God. He gives no space for the sense that the current lived experience, the tragedies befalling people is a measure of their sinfulness as compared to others, but requires devotion and repentance. The curious story of the barren fig tree begs a number of questions. First, Jesus appears to make a snap decision to have the unfruitful tree grubbed up and destroyed, for there is no room for unfruitfulness. It wastes the potential of supposedly good soil. I wonder if we too are quick to judge those places of unfruitfulness in a time when we are paying particular attention to the mission of the church. It is all too easy for us to look towards a different, a particular context and say they are wasting resource and drawing effort, wasting the good soil. But then, look both at the response and at the responder. It is the gardener who suggests a further chance. And in this and in other places, in the Gospels particularly, the gardener is of course used as a description of God the Father. The gardener appears to suggest that the lack of fruitfulness of this fig tree, the fig tree that represents the dream of all Israelites, might be due to the neglect of feeding the tree. What if we make sure it gets some good feeding, manure, as the scripture has it? If that works, if it then becomes fruitful, then of course that's useful and it should remain. But if not, 
then it must be pruned, grubbed up, to allow transformative use of that feeding to be used more purposefully. I guess that we're actually quite good in the context of our churches and fellowships at giving that second, third, fourth, fifth chance. But we're perhaps less good at evaluating the results of that second chance, third chance, and so on. And of recognising that there is a need for uprooting and for transformation. But God, Jesus makes clear in this passage, and the gardener agrees, indeed proposes, that the purpose of the second chance is not to allow the ever sustaining of what already is, but a freshness, a turning around, a transformative experience that leads to fruitfulness in the context of a church or of our fellowships, such that God's transformative love becomes more evident. At our circuit meeting on Thursday evening, we were reminded in the presentation of the mission plan that we have refocused what is our mission statement and, and we've borrowed because others have used this before, but to keep it very simple and sharp that hopefully all can remind, be, can keep in mind. Our mission is simply to know God and to make him known. And to do that, we need to be well fed scripturally and spiritually. And isn't that at the essence of what Lent is about? So if when I started this sermon, I made you feel a little uncomfortable or, or even guilty, made you feel that the struggles of the world and of the church are just too much, then I want to say that at times that is how we all feel and the scriptures and particularly the psalmists but also the prophets of course express that reality. Perhaps it's actually an experience we need to feel in order to open up the possibility of repentance in our lives, of turning around and of being transformed by God's love and grace, of finding anew for us the truth of those wonderful words of Hebrews 11, which in the New Revised Standard Version read this way. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. The assurance and the conviction that all that has been promised and is not yet fulfilled in our sight can and will be fulfilled because they are the promises 
of the God of truth and love. And so we will be able again to place our faith in the God whom we have, to whom we have been promised to be faithful and who has been promised to be faithful to all who seek to come to him and to know him. Amen. I suppose in these recent weeks, if we'd not learnt it before, is that we live in ever-changing times. Our next hymn reflects that need of us to seek God in those changing times. The hymn 638, through all the changing scenes of life, in trouble and in joy. We come now to offer our prayer of confession and we have an assurance of forgiveness. Let us pray. Lord God, forgive us when we are slow to change but quick to judge, when we take more from life than we give back, when we give up on others too soon and offer support too late, when we deny others the opportunity to grow and uproot their dreams. Forgive us and grant us your patience, perseverance and vision and inspire us to care for all you have made. 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And our assurance of forgiveness. Loving God in whom all things are possible, forgiving us time enough to change and grow, we thank you with all our heart. Forgiving us the desire to change and grow, we thank you with all our mind. Forgiving us the opportunity to change and grow, we thank you with all our soul. And for forgiving us when we rush, judge and deny others those same opportunities, we thank you with all our strength. We thank you for your forgiveness in our lives. Amen. We come to offer to God our prayers for the people in the world around us. Let us pray. God of grace, we pray for those who live in areas of conflict and violence, where bullets and bombs bring destruction and devastation. We pray for the people of the Ukraine, for those travelling along dangerous roads to escape the Russian bombardments, for those sheltering in dangerous cities whilst bombs indiscriminately hit the buildings, for those fighting to save their way of life, trying to keep the Russian army out. May your love be known. May your presence bring hope. We pray for those who suffer from the pain of famine and drought and the after effects of natural disasters. All too quickly we forget those countries affected by fire, flood, earthquake or volcanic eruption. We pray for the people from Tonga whose islands have been devastated by the underwater volcanic eruption in January. May your love be known. May your presence bring hope. We pray for those suffering through captivity. May they find freedom and peace. And we thank you for the release of Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe and Anushe Ashuri this week. May your love be known. May your presence bring hope. We pray for those who suffer the pain of illness and disease, their own or that of a loved one. We lift to you, Lord, those known to us. May your love be known. May your presence bring hope. We pray for those who suffer the grief or torment of bereavement, either recent or distant, for each loss is painful. Each loss is special. May your love be known. May your presence bring hope. God of love, we humbly offer to you all the suffering of the world and we pray that you will bring healing and peace for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. As our worship draws towards a close, we sing a hymn that reminds us of the vastness of God's love and mercy. A vastness that sometimes we don't admit ourselves, but nevertheless is true. The hymn 416, there's a wideness in God's mercy, like the wideness of the sea.
Lord, as we long for the simplicity of trusting love in the darkness and complexity of our world, draw us out and send us out into that world to share what we have in you, to share you in all your glory, compassion and mercy. And so may your blessing the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us all this day and to eternity.